Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Yeah! Oh God, I'm nearly genuinely tripped. Hello. Good Hello. afternoon, Sydney. Yeah. Welcome down to Do Go On Live at the Chippo Hotel. My name is Dave Warnke and I'm joined on stage by Jess Perkins and Matt Stewart, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. All right. Look at us go. We've never been in a state before. We got a clap for being Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. That's yeah, kind of cool. Really nice. Everyone's like, "Good for you guys." Thanks. <laughs> Thank I uh, you. did not get a clap for being Dave Warnicky, so fuck you don't all deserve of you. one. <laughs> no. Yeah, thank you. Okay, That's what all I wanted. Right. All right. It's what I asked for. Pity so clap. You. Pity clap for Dave. Yeah, pity clap. Enjoy your pity clap there, Dave. How good is it to podcast in the sunshine of Sydney? Oh, it is so good. We're outdoors in a beer garden. <laughs> the sun is shining. <laughs> I'm burnt. I'm sunburnt. <laughs> we can we see the Harbour Bridge over there. And oh, you got wow. The other, what's the other big one? The Opera House over there. The, the other Sydney big version one. of the MCGs over here. <laughs> the smaller cricket ground. Yes. The laneways and the coffee, right? Oh. Now, now, for people at home, we are not actually in a, a beer garden. We are probably don't in the most... Don't, don't tell them. I just want to describe this room as like the most rock and roll fire trap I've ever been inside of. It is incredible. Do we have an emergency exit? No. no. That is a solid wall behind us. Though we will ask, in the event of emergency, I have been told to tell you that if there's a fire... Let the you, talent get out first. That's right. You stay seated whilst we leave. I promise we may call a fire brigade. Dave, 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 may I make a brief suggestion? Ooh. We, like, crowd surf out. Oh. That would be a safety crowd surf yeah. out. That would be... 
Uh, good stuff. Well, guys, it is, we are so excited that you actually came out to this. It was a bit of a gamble going into state, and here you all are. So give us a round of applause if you have actually heard Do Go On, the podcast, before. <laughs> good. Okay, 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 that's great. Thank you so much. But my favourite part is now when I ask yes! the people who have never heard it to give me a brave round of applause. Woo! Right. Brave. Thank you. And are you guys How is that brave? Because they're like, they're going to pick on me, which we're not. We're not at all. Were this you... fucking idiot? You don't think we're... <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have just been dragged, dra- dragged along by friends? Dragged along by friends? Yep. Oh, you're just good friends, aren't you? Good for you guys. Thank you so much for, for... That's what this podcast is all about. It's all about friendship. <laughs> and not at all about bullying. So <laughs> you're in the right place. I've also started drinking, so we're fucked. <laughs> yeah. You, we, last I'm going to get mean. <laughs> no. Last night before, Matt, Matt did a stand-up show last night, which I know all of you went to. <laughs> uh, uh, but, Some uh, of them did. Yeah. No. Right? Oh. <laughs> Who was that then? <laughs> The room was very dark. I thought there were people there. <laughs> and uh, Jess and I went out for some, some cocktails beforehand. And Jess, I, I must admit, you had one mojito and you went, I'm feeling buzzed. I am. So, I, I was in a good place. Yeah. So d- day drinking again, I hope. Let's just keep those pints coming for Jess because that would be... Oh, what do you call them in Sydney? Schooners. <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Have a pint of suck on this, all right? <laughs> Okay. Mate, and the way that bar people look at you up here when you ask for a pint, they go, mate, we do schooners here. And I don't They do know. pints as well, Dave. You're thinking of pots, you fucking idiot. And they call pots middies. Ugh. You call pots middies? Then what do you call a midi? I don't know. We don't have middies. Uh, just thought I'd, thought I'd go with that. This is a fun geography chat. This is, yeah, it really is. Yeah. The, the slight differences Do they between call them potato scallops up here too instead of potato cakes? Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that, yeah. Just scallops. scallops. Then Scallop, what do you call potato. a scallop from the ocean? <laughs> a potato cake. Yes, correct. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Very good. It's just the little differences. It's the little differences. Funny is He's pretty funny. Oh. Uh, but we are very excited to be here. It is, uh, it's, it's a special weekend for us, not just because we're doing our first interstate podcast, but because a little certain someone named Jessica Pers- Perkins, Persons, <laughs> she's a person, Perkins, I know her name, celebrated her birthday yesterday, ladies Yay! and gentlemen. <laughs> Yay! Thanks, guys. Which and yeah, as, as you know, and that we've talked about a lot, um, Dave and I are two days apart, so it's Dave's birthday tomorrow. If You're wooing someone being born on a certain day. Who gives a fuck? Uh, Matt has also celebrated many hundreds of birthdays in his life. See? Feels good, doesn't it? No, it does feel good. good. Feels real good. Feels real good. And yeah, we're both both 27, and today is the 27th. So we're like, oh, it's a 27-themed party. That is right. Which is a very specific... Fuck, this chair's the best. Look at this. I feel the much more comfortable at this way. Uh, <laughs> well, they're all ribbing. used to hearing me and not seeing me. I think my face is a bit much. <laughs> they're like, she's very expressive. <laughs> well, speaking, <laughs> speaking, uh, speaking of your face a bit much, um, we actually, this is another very exciting development, ladies and gentlemen. We have, for the first time ever, T-shirts of the podcast. Yes. <laughs> We've got T-shirts. Very exciting. 
They are over there at the bar, and uh, they are little. They're drawings of our faces, as pictured in the Dugo One uh, logo that we have for the show. And we've got our good friend and very funny man, Nick Kappa, who Matt Stewart did his show with last night, and uh, who was also as you would all know. (laughs) Remember the funny one from last night. The funny one. He was great. He was great. (laughs) Too real, Dave. Too real. (laughs) No, I saw Matt's show. Uh, It had been 12 months nearly exactly since I first saw you do the show when you were warming up at Melbourne at the Fringe Festival and it was fantastic, I've got to say. It really was. (laughs) You are so cool. (laughs) Um, But, so Nick Capper is also a graphic artist. We asked him to draw us like a cartoony version of us to put on the T-shirt and he was like, he's never had to draw three more fucked faces. He said lopsided yeah. <laughs> he said, I love you guys individually, but to draw, you are lopsided cunts. So. Hey, while we are talking about T-shirts, what was your name, sir? Can you stand up and show Jess what you're wearing? Oh, oh my, my goodness! <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's two. Turn around. It's two. It's two. They're wearing Pray for Bop T-shirts. <laughs> this is... I did not notice before. That is amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, uh, thank you so much. But also, that is counterfeit merchandise. <laughs> I would I like you to remove it immediately. No, no, no. I, I hope you, you printed like 40 of them and are going to sell them because you'll probably outsell ours. Yeah. That's yeah. so awesome. I'd like, if I could just check in with the people who haven't heard of this podcast before, how tedious has it been so yeah. far? <laughs> this is the general thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. After about 80 episodes, you get used to it. So um, strap in. <laughs> strap in for episode 97. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So we, we better get into the topic. Now, because it is a special weekend for us all, we've decided... Us all. All of us are very excited about Dave and I turning 27. That's right. <laughs> so c- because it is a sort of a special uh, edition of the show, we've decided to write not one, not two, but three mini reports. <laughs> So you're going to get a little bit of Dave, a little bit of Jess, a little bit of Matt action. Uh, and when you say report. write the reports, um, I feel Matt and I have taken that word a little more liberally. And uh, what did? How did you draw them? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do my report in interpretive dance. <laughs> <laughs> Strap in. I've got to get my leotard on. Hang on. <laughs> I wrote mine at the cafe across the road. Uh, they gave me a free brownie if I plugged them. Uh, I cannot remember their name, but. <laughs> Across the road from the Chippo Hotel, very, very good. <laughs> Do yourselves a favour. Great. So, we, uh, we, uh, if you haven't heard the show before, which a few of you have not, um, we talk a lot like this, and then we try and report on a topic, but because it is the special one, we're going to do uh, a, t- a little topic each. Except, now, Dave, you admitted that yours is almost full topic. All right, so we could be here for at least three hours. <laughs> I got carried away. I couldn't write a mini report, so we're going to see how this goes. Now, uh, this topic, uh, I was going to get the... Uh, the question was going to be, how old did Jess turn yesterday and, God willing, I turn tomorrow? <laughs> oh, but imagine how ominous that would be if you did die tonight. Oh, my God. You know? Jess and I are getting on a plane later this afternoon. Oh, my God. <laughs> No, we'll be right. Anyway, um, it's a great question. So, but do you guys remember how old uh, we are turning or turned? 27. 27. Now, 27. Very good, boys and girls. <laughs> now, uh, 27 is a very magical number in the world of celebrities for a very specific reason. Would anyone know a certain... 27 yes. Club. That's what I was going to say. Does anyone know a certain club around the number 27? <laughs> That was going to be even too obvious for me. Do you, th- do you think they're children? Like, <laughs> oh. No, no, no. 
Now, uh, so uh, what we're going to do is uh, each do a report on a member of the 27 Club. And mine's going to be a full report. <laughs> and then if we, if we have time, God willing, Jess and Matt will do a report as well. We don't know who each other are doing. No, we do not know. <laughs> Jess is spinning. <laughs> yes, Jess, I feel like this could be how you join the 27 Club. Yep, good point, yep. Oh, that so, means I have to be careful for a year. Yeah, totally. Ugh. Now, so we don't know who we're going to report on. What we did, we got a third party. We all messaged the party and we messaged them a name. <laughs> yeah. And they wrote back saying whether or not that name had been taken yet. And uh, Jess and I messaged the person saying, hey, uh, which Matt was supposed to organise, has someone uh, told you about this or are we just messaging you celebrities' names? Is that <laughs> <laughs> which reminds me, uh, I used to do trivia nights. And one of the games was uh, people to win a jug of beer would have to text in the name of a celebrity that was slowly appearing on the screen. And I did this uh, every night for a year and then uh, at this pub in Fitzroy. And one day, one of the punters told me, they were like, I was wondering why like, you never pick mine because they texted me the answer. Like, I always get the answer right and you never pick, pick the answer. They worked out that they had the wrong number. <laughs> <laughs> and they only found out because one day they got a, a text message on a Monday night, every Monday at about 9.30... They got a message back saying, stop texting my 10-year-old son celebrities' names. I will call the police. And that's okay. how we found out. He's not sending your 10-year-old son celebrities' dicks. No. He would, Relax. He, he would just get Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Cruise, Mel Gibson. It's happening again, Mum. It's happening again. <laughs> so this, that's kind of what happened with our third party. But we, none of us picked the same celebrities. We have all gone different celebrities. Yes. Oh, and uh, we've also been told the era they died. So we're going to go in chronological order. And I'm going to kick us off. Now, if you don't know, the 27 Club is a theoretical club. That uh, <laughs> it, it's, difficult to, it's difficult to get them mem- an actual membership. <laughs> uh, can, can they, they all the, have jackets. Uh, the, you do not get a jacket. <laughs> Well, you get uh, plastic underpants and they pack your ass. That's, <laughs> that's, that's the only club you, you get to join. Uh, it's a theoretical club that connects famous people who have all tragically died at the age of 27. Uh, it is sometimes called the Forever 27 Club, as you are forever 27 years young. It mostly connects to mu- musicians who die at the young age, but over time it's expanded to include other celebrities. Now, uh, people had presumably been dying at 27 for, for millennia. It wasn't just a, a recent occurrence. <laughs> I think, though when you Google the phrase, people from history who died at 27, it, 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 nothing comes up. So. It, was, it was actually invented in the 1880s. Yeah. Dying De- at 27? Yeah, yeah. What, or I- death? No, no. Dying 27 people. Oh, people have done it before at 26, 25, sure, but not until 1882. Uh, yeah. John Old. <laughs> John Old? First of I don't many. regret. That was a sweet riff. John <laughs> 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 It died. It died too young. That riff. Um, about twenty-seven <laughs> seconds in, I think. John <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what was John last name? <laughs> Javidson. Yes. You. Uh, you know the story. Yeah, Great. I know. So yeah, people have been dying at twenty-seven for a long time. Imagine, but it took a while for people to notice and start connecting the dots. So our story starts in the 1960s. What a time to be alive and what a time to die at 27. Here we go. Our first stop on the tour of death. <laughs> we did not think this through no. either, did we? Like, come on down to a dungeon. <laughs> We're going to spend a couple hours talking about people dying. Quite young, like you all look. So, how fun. 
And all these people have probably achieved more than everyone here combined. So. <laughs> oh, this guy's made a T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah sorry. And sorry. trust me, that is not easy. <laughs> um, now, so our first stop on the tour of death is a young man. They're all young people. Uh, oh. Brian Jones. Not a cool name, is it? It's a very boring name. Now, when I say the Rolling Stones, now you probably think of Keith Richards or Mick Jagger. But let me tell you... Well, uh, by the way, they are two men who absolutely refuse to die and <laughs> presumably are trying to set up their own 127 club. That is, that's what I think they're doing. But uh, back in the day when the band was formed in 1962, the main man and band leader of then blues-orientated uh, act was Brian Jones. He was the main man. And they were blues, were they? Yeah, they, they, sure. and they mainly did covers at the time. He even named the band. Uh, he named it after a Muddy Waters LP. He was on the phone and they were like, what do you want to call your band? And he looked at it and one of the tracks was called Rolling Stone. Cool. And they called the band the Rolling Stone. So I would like to imagine that he's just standing at his kitchen, like at the sink doing some dishes. And he looks out the window. Go with me on this. Oh, no. <laughs> was and there's a John- hill. Jonald there? Jonald's there. <laughs> yeah, Jonald was over. That's yeah. why they had so many dishes. You know Jonald. He's yeah. a messy eater. Big eater. Big Just eater. use the pizza box, Jonald. What are you doing, Jonald? Are you creating dishes? You've already got a plate. Why are you getting another one? Jonald. Anyway. So Brian's looking out the window mm-hmm. and he lived in a very hilly area. Beautiful. Um, and just, this is so not worth it. Um, <laughs> because we you know what, you got to say there's a, yeah. a, a, like a, a stone rolling down. You know, it's not that funny. Oh, anyway, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. very, yeah, yeah. very. That is good. That you is are good stuff. far too kind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't deserve you, yes. That, that's how you comedy. That, that was amazing. Like, that was like a pullback and reveal. When you said, you said a hill, I was like, where is she going with this? <laughs> rolling stone. I just can't connect these dots, but you did it. You did it. <laughs> When you get to my age, mate, it'll... Yeah. Um, God willing, God willing. Comedy will make a lot more sense then. There'll be a lot of that today too, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, when I listen back to edit tomorrow, I'll be like, oh, that is funny. That is, <laughs> that is funny. All right. Born no, that he just admitted to editing it. Yes, we don't have to do it. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, born in 1942 during uh, World War II to Welsh parents. What year, sorry? 1942. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yes. Great work. Uh, Jones uh, suffered from asthma as a child and throughout his life. Sorry, Dave. I just heard um, in a little silent moment there, someone you in the audience said, "That's a recurring joke." <laughs> <laughs> I heard that too. That was fucking adorable. Uh, that's a that's a joke they make. <laughs> joke is such a strong yeah. word. It does not deserve to be called a joke. Certainly recurring. Um, <laughs> Will she let it die? Never! (laughs) Uh, His mother and father both played music, and by the time he was in high school, Brian had learned to play the piano, clarinet, and saxophone. Saxophone. (laughs) Saxophone. (laughs) Uh, He received a guitar for his 17th birthday. The (laughs) piano. The clarinet. (laughs) The saxophone. He received a guitar. For his 17th birthday, and that became his main instrument then. But it wasn't all rock and roll for the young Jones. No, no, no. He enjoyed badminton and diving at school and uh, and played the uh, first clarinet in the school orchestra. No! (laughs) But uh, he quit school and left home shortly after a scandal in which he fathered an illegitimate baby boy who was subsequently given up for adoption because apparently being into badminton did not slow down your sex life in the 1960s. (laughs) 
Wow! The, the ladies could not get enough of his shuttlecock. Let me just say that. Let me... Yes, that's a pre-prepared joke, but I still... Still good. Still um, good. My head, my, the cogs were ticking in my head. I was like, shuttlecock, shuttlecock. Do something with shuttlecock. And you did it. That's great. That's great. Thank you. He lived uh, with, a, with a big hill in his backyard. Shuttlecock. Shuttlecock did not roll down, down very well. Jan, did someone say Janiel? <laughs> That's good. That's, That's an Arnie Donner reference. Yeah, yeah. What, what was my one? Have I ripped off Arnie Donner? No. Yours was... Ah, fuck him. Jonald. Jonald. Totally different. See, yeah, totally. That's the, thing, that's the other thing you need to know is that our attention span is very short and um, we get distracted and forget our own jokes. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so he's got one kid. Okay. And he's had to leave school because of it. And I really, really mean the shuttlecock thing because he, you will see in November 1959, age 17, Jones went to the Woodenbridge uh, Hotel in Guildford to see a band perform. He met a young married woman named Angeline there and the two had a one-night stand that resulted in her pregnancy. He is fertile, little fucker, isn't he? So that's he? number two. Angeline and her husband decided to raise the baby, Belinda, born in August 1960. Uh, Jones never knew about the birth of his second child. Then, on 23rd of October 1961, Jones, now age 19, his girlfriend Pat Andrews gave birth to his third oh child, Julianne Mark Andrews. She's getting so much done. Uh, Jones... I'm 27, I haven't had any kids. <laughs> but, and if you, want, if you have a partner, you want Jones because he uh, sold his record collection to buy flowers for Pat. Flowers to help raise his new child. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> no, yeah. Babe, babe, I sold the, I sold the LPs uh, and I got some lavender. Did you get nappies? Oh, fuck. <laughs> The house smells half of poo, half of lavender. Oh, yuck. Uh, He lived lived with them for a while, but then uh, moved on. Then in uh, 1964, another woman, Linda Lawrence, who was later uh, married to the singer Donovan, uh, she gave birth to Jones's fourth child, Julianne Bryan. So he's got four kids now. In 1961, just before this, Jones had applied for a scholarship to Cheltenham Art College... He was initially accepted into the program, but two days later the offer was withdrawn after an unidentified acquaintance wrote to the college calling him an irresponsible drifter. I think because he'd spent all his money on flowers. I I like the idea of a responsible drifter. (laughs) (laughs) That's all. I'm here for just a couple of really sweet quips. And And then he tunes out again. Yeah, yeah, you tune in and out so much. The last thing I heard was shuttlecock. <laughs> <laughs> Did I miss anything? Uh, nah. Great. Yeah, drifter. Drifter, that's right. And now he's got four kids. He's got four kids so far. Four Bloody kids. hell, four kids. <laughs> <laughs> and the question is, do they know what was causing it? <laughs> do they know? <laughs> Actually, five is my minimum for that five joke, so I've gone a little early there. But don't worry, we'll get there, we'll get there. So he's been, ki- he's been accepted into art college. Two days later, told you can't come into art college. So he he's moved a drifter. To, he's a drifter. So he drifted... You can't come into art college because <laughs> you're a bit too artsy. Fair. Makes sense. He drifted to London to play uh, blues guitar in local bars. And then in 1962, he formed the Rolling Stones with pianist Ian Stewart, singer Mick Jagger, Jagger's childhood friend, and guitarist Keith Richards. Fun story about the name, the Rolling Stones. <laughs> no, I'm not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> a little fun fact about fun the fact Rolling Stones. 
Uh, bassist Bill Wyman and drummer Charlie Watts soon joined the band. So then they are. As well as the guitarist, he acted somewhat as the band's business manager and he was instrumental both on the guitar and in their early success. Which one's our Instrumental on the guitar. I also thought, God, I'm good when I wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> you think, God, you're good for most things. <laughs> God, I'm good. No, good on you. Do go on. Uh, so he's in the band. Um, according to Biography.com, he was, quote, the most photogenic member of the band. Uh, reportedly, his antics and fashion sense were quickly adopted by the swingers of the 1960s London scene. Ooh. He was an influential cool guy. He's a cool dude. Can, if you he's can, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> he legit is actually cool. Matt? Yeah, no, he sounds pretty he's, cool. No, he's legit cool. Oh, he's legit cool. I didn't get the backhand element of that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's because you'd zoned out. He's managing the band. He's playing guitarist. He's, he's happening. He is the Rolling Stones. But then the band uh, got a real manager called Andrew Luke Oldman. And uh, Jones... Luke. Luke. L-O-O-G. Everyone have a go. Luke. Silly. That's a silly name. How do you spell that? L-O-O-G. So you did literally just say that. Jones felt himself being pushed away by the Luke. I was going to call him Old, old Man, as his, uh, his name is, is, but let's call him Lug. Lug recognised the financial advantages of band members writing their own songs, as exemplified by John Lennon and Paul McCartney, and that playing covers would not sustain a band in the limelight for long. Brian didn't like this. He thought blues and covers were the way to go, so he was not a very good manager. We should do covers of other podcasts. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be sick. Just the good ones, though. Any requests? Cereal? <laughs> Who did it? Mason. Mason, okay, I'll be yeah, Mason. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, loot crate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely smashed that. In early 1964, an occasional girlfriend of Brian's, Dawn Molly, announced to Brian and the band's management that she was pregnant by oh, Brian. Oh, for fuck's sake. Does she know what was, uh, what was, what was happening? <laughs> Well, what did happen was she received a cheque for £700, equivalent, equivalent to £12,000 uh, in today's money, oh, okay. from the manager, Luke. In return, she uh, signed an agreement that the matter was now closed and she would no- make no statement about Brian Jones or the child to the public or the press. They bought her off. So in March 1965, Dawn gave birth to Brian's fifth child, Paul, Paul Molly, who was also adopted out. So now he has five kids by the age of 22. Not a bad effort, and keeping in mind... <laughs> People were grossed out by that. Oh, kids. Hey, you were all once kids. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> well, keeping in mind, he is fathering none of these children. One time he sold his records to buy flowers, and that is the extent of his father- fathering. That's it. The kids ate, ate on flowers for days. Ate um, on flowers for days. <laughs> Check out, Maddie. <laughs> Check out. <laughs> Have a break. <laughs> Have a kick. <laughs> Anyone got one? <laughs> uh, Jones saw his influence over the Stones' direction slide as their repertoire compri- uh, comprised fewer of the blues covers that he preferred. According to manager Luke in his book Stoned, about the Rolling Stones, I get it. love a pun title. I get it. Love a pun title. I'm trying to read ahead. Uh, <laughs> my favourite is Arnold Schwarzenegger, Total Recall. Nice. Oh, I get it. There you go. That took way too long. <laughs> I was like, uh. See, it's a movie he was in. Yeah. Uh, oh. uh, the working title was Terminator, I'll Be Book, but <laughs> did, not, did not go very well. 
according to Lu- uh, to Luke in the uh, book Stone, Jones was an outsider from the beginning. When the, f- uh, the first tours were arranged in 1963 for the band, he travelled separately from the other members, stayed at different hotels and demanded extra pay. He's like the yellow wiggle. <laughs> oh yeah, the smelly wiggle. Stinky Greg. Stinky Greg. They're like, you, no, it's alright Brian, you go in that car. This one's full, mate. I, it's, I never knew anything about him. I always assumed he was some sort of a legend, but he's actually... They were better off without him. Yeah. Is that fair? You, you did the Wiggles report, mate. I was, I was talking about Brian Jones, you fucking idiot. <laughs> oh, right, sorry. I, ch- <laughs> I, ch- I checked out my own thing. I, all right, so in summary, the Rolling Stones were better off without Smelly Greg from the Wiggles. There you go. <laughs> You're, like, you know how Dave and I have come up separately to you and... You're staying in one place and we're staying in another. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're demanding extra pay? You're yeah. the smelly Greg. <laughs> as long as I get that sweet Skrilla, which is a word for money. Somewhere in time. <laughs> when you've lived through that many decades, you can't remember them all. You can't. You can't. Well, Matt, does this, uh, does this sound like you? The toll from days on the road, the money and the fame, the feelings of being alienated from the group, having dozens of children, and the miles spent travelling from his hotel to the other Stones hotel and then back again resulted in Jones' overindulgence in alcohol and other drugs. That does sound like Matt. <laughs> yeah, I relate, I relate. Uh, Jones was arrested for drug possession in uh, May 1967. Authorities found marijuana, cocaine and methamphetamine in his flat. He confessed to marijuana use but claimed he did not use hard drugs. I don't know how they got it. Yeah. As a friend of mine. They were there when I moved in. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Hostility grew between Jones, Jagger and Richards especially, alienating Jones further from the group because what happened was Mick Jagger and Keith Richards started writing all the songs, the originals, and Jones felt like, hey, this used to be my band. What's going on? What would you do if you moved into a house and there was just a whole lot of mess? What would you do? There's only one thing you can do. Call the police. Interesting. Genuinely didn't think of that. I was like, what would I believe? I was going to say, yeah, there's two options. Uh, the first one is not taking it. No, I wasn't going to take it. But I was like... The second option... Sell it. Thank you. Sell it. Never take meth, kids. Always sell it. Always sell it. Always sell it. There you go. Never try your own supply. I've been told. I've been told. You were told told by my meth dealer. (laughs) You got that meth look about you. Uh, It's called heroin chic. Okay. There's a name for it. Kate Moss in the 1990s. All right. I would have killed if I was a woman in the 1990s. So you're saying that meth users, their look is heroin chic. That's confusing, but I like it. Dave, That's fashion. I don't get fashion. I don't get fashion. We know. We can see you. <laughs> oh, no, it's okay. Bully- I'm sick of this bullying. <laughs> nah, I love it. Makes me realise my place. <laughs> In the bloody gutter. <laughs> Too much real sympathy there. Um. <laughs> uh, by most accounts, Jones's attitude... Uh, Changed frequently. He was uh, one minute caring and generous, the next making an effort, an effort to anger everyone, going out of his way ah, to piss people off. Sure. So he's, he was being the Dave. <laughs> when have I ever tried to piss you off? Oh, you're not trying? <laughs> <laughs> we are saying I told you I was going to get mean. 
I've finished are, the drink. We are staying at an Airbnb up here, and uh, I had the. We have two separate bedrooms because we are pretty rich. And uh, <laughs> I was upstairs, and Jess was down, but I had the towels in my room, and she texted me, "Oh, I need one of the towels," and I was like, "Too late. I've already thrown it on the road." So <laughs> I am a bad boy. Also, I was texting him from within the house because we are, we do not speak in person. <laughs> I was like, "Leave a towel out and be quiet." <laughs> Now, nah, good to be here. <laughs> uh, from 1965 to 1967, Brian Jones dated an Italian model named Anita Pallenberg. A that's woman not an Italian name. A- Anita Pallenberg. Pallenberg. That's, uh, that's a word that is spelt the same forwards and backwards. <laughs> no, you're thinking of a parallelogram. I can't see his Parallelogram. Face. Is he doing a great face? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Maddie. I know you were doing a regret face. No, no, I was enjoying it too much. No, you were. You I was, hated yourself. I was high fiving myself. <laughs> but uh, fucking Anita nailing it. <laughs> Anita Pallenberg was a woman whose model- modelling agency billed her as, quote, too beautiful to get out of bed. What does that mean? <laughs> but she did have many high profile relationships no, with her. No, uh, I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> she too had many, uh, many, many high profile relationships. You can't get out of bed because you're too beautiful. That doesn't make sense. Oh, okay, there's a mirror above the bed. Mirror above the bed, yeah. So she's like, oh, goddamn, I'm so beautiful. (laughs) And then it depresses her, so she can't get out of bed. Still, nah, not my best. Um, No, no, that was was your best. That was your best. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, she met the Stones, this is Anita Pallenberg, backstage at a gig and offered them drugs. Oh, she got out of bed. Yeah. No, they they moved her bed yeah. to like, the backstage area. Like one of those poor obese people that needs to be moved around. Yeah, she yeah. was like that. They moved her to the backstage area. She was like, oh, too beautiful to get up. That's my accent for her too, by the way. I'm too beautiful. She doesn't have an Italian name or an Italian voice. It's very it's very strange that just. I'm too beautiful. Ciao, Bella. Ciao. Uh, she met the Stones backstage at a gig from her bed. Sono troppo bella. That's I'm too beautiful in Italian. <laughs> Thank I'll you. go back here. That was your new best. Fuck off. <laughs> new PB, new PB. I'm putting myself in a timeout. If you listen to last week's episode, you know that her self-imposed timeouts mean nothing. <laughs> so she met the Stones backstage Sorry. at a gig from her bed, offered them drugs, and they said no. Ciao, Rolling Stones. Uh, would you like some of the meth? <laughs> Is that offensive? Not if it's, like, spot on. It was spot on. That was spot on. All good meth. And it was both. Uh, they, they said no to the drugs, but eventually, uh, Brian, he caved, and he smoked a bit of her hash- hashish and sniffed some of her amyl nitrate. Oh, amyl, okay. She, he was loose. <laughs> uh, she later recalled, quote, we ended up back at his hotel room, and I spent all night holding him while he cried. Didn't that's go well. hot. Yes, sexy. I, that's why I do that's drugs. That's rock star. Yeah, yeah, that's how I party too. That's a, that's a rock star lifestyle. Yeah. Hold me while I cry. Well, well, it went well because within a week, the guitarist had evicted his girlfriend and their baby from his flat and moved and Anita moved in instead. This guy sucks. Evicting a baby. That's <laughs> he gave the kid two weeks' notice. You're out in two weeks. Yeah, because it took that long for it to crawl out the door. I've heard you can evict them from your womb. I know that's... <laughs> Was that... W- I mean, that got a weird reaction. 
I would have given it nothing, but you gave it, you gave it something. That made me feel okay. Uh, Anita, presumably from her bed, introduced Jones to, the, to her world of sadomasochistic sex. They moved to a... And then they cried. Yes. <laughs> There's a yes. lot of crying and sadness. It was really more sadomasochistic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sydney likes puns. You want puns? Right, okay. Sydney likes This puns. changes everything. <laughs> you just figure out what they like and then just give them what they want. All right, okay. We're, we're here, we're here, we're here. Uh, after she introduced him to the world of sadomasochism, uh, they moved to a pad in Chelsea, which was especially soundproofed. For, for all the, their fucking. For their sex. <laughs> Though, apparently, according to some sources, not enough to muffle the crack of her whip. There's <laughs> oh, a lot going on in that sentence. So, oh. yeah. so she could get out of bed to get her whip. <laughs> and then, oh, too beautiful. <laughs> Chow whip. Huh? <laughs> Did you factor in time for us to do our reports as well? Yep. Uh, he knows the length of our reports. <laughs> like, no, we're uh, do then the, this person we're, existed. Anyway, yeah, yeah, see ya. You've got to remember, like, these people all have uh, a finite lifespan, which is 27 years, so don't worry, there's not much ah, to go. Spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> Jones, Pallenberg, Anita Pallenberg, the model, and Keith Richards, the three of them, went on a holiday to Marrakesh in Morocco just to get away from the craziness sure. of their lives. On the way back to England, they were travelling up through Spain, Jones had to stop off at a hospital. Anita Pallenberg and Richards continued without him, making love in the back seat as Richards' chauffeur drove on. So rock and roll, eh? When Jones caught up with them, he alternated between screaming abuse and suggesting that uh, Anita and him have a foursome with two heavily tattooed uh, sex workers that he had picked up along the way. <laughs> he, uh, when, he, when she refused, he assaulted her, which is not okay. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> Richards, recognising this is not okay, packed her into his Bentley and drove her straight... Uh, packed straight her? Well, they went back to Britain. In the boot? Li- <laughs> in the car. He just took yeah. her in the... It's like, I'll save you, get in the boot. <laughs> uh, they left Jones to find his own way back home. Then Anita Pallenberg and Keith Richards became a serious couple and, according to his memoir, were banned from several airline toilets for occupying them for too long. Okay, no, 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 hang on. They're not banned from the airline, they're just banned from the toilets. So it's like a 19-hour flight, no, 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 no. You're holding it. Yeah, Uh, sorry, Mr Richards, where do you think you're going? (laughs) No, you are not. We don't have a problem with you flying with us, we do have a problem with you pooping with us. Yeah, that's right. You shit in the cockpit, okay? (laughs) You do not go to the john, all right? Uh, Pallenberg and Richards would go on to have three children together, so they became quite a serious couple over the years. But there was now a clear rift between Jones and Richards because Brian saw Richards as stealing his girlfriend. Interesting that he would see that, yes. Mm. <laughs> Look, um, different people's perspectives, am I right? Um, yeah, I how do you interpret uh, it that way? Yeah, I don't know where he, came, he got to that, but um, Did whatever. wait, so I wasn't listening. Did he steal his girlfriend? Because <laughs> that would make sense. Uh, let me rephrase. There was a clear rift between Brian Jones and Keith Richards as Keith Richards had stolen Brian Jones's girlfriend. Okay, yeah, okay, great. You get it. As tensions, <laughs> as uh, tensions in the band and Brian Jones's uh, substance, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go solo here. <laughs> Welcome to Dave's hour of power. 
<laughs> straight to his head. That's right. It's an hour starting now, so... What? <laughs> oh, no. So tensions in the band are at an all-time high. Jones's substance abuse increased. His musical contributions to the group became less and less. So he's doing more and more drugs, but now playing guitar less and less on the recordings. Cool. Uh, he was arrested for a second time in 1968 for possession of cannabis. The Stones had enough of uh, Brian. They wanted to tour the US, but uh, because of his two arrests, it means uh, he couldn't get a visa. So uh, Two arrests. I heard two arrests. <laughs> and I was like, sometimes you've got to take two arrests, you know? Yeah. Two arrests. You're resting, you're resting too much on tour for us to play the shows. That's, that's how it worked. His attendance at rehearsals and recording sessions became uh, erratic. And when he did appear... Erotic. Erotic. And when he did appear, he tried to have sex with the other members' instruments. <laughs> <laughs> no, when he did... It, when if you could fuck an instrument, <laughs> which one would you choose? Well, don't... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I was going. Yeah. Me too. I've thought about that before, yeah. Yeah. You need a you need a big old hole if you know what I mean. <laughs> and I think the tuba the tuba would be adequate. I'd probably what go th- <laughs> That's one of the worst things you've ever said. <laughs> a big old hole. What the fuck? <laughs> Matt, My question you... was fucked enough. <laughs> Jesus. Matt, I don't big old hole. <laughs> Matt, you don't need a tuba, you need a piccolo, mate. Oh, hang on, hang on. What's a piccolo? (laughs) (laughs) Brian's output became so bad that when he did try and play guitar on the recordings, they would secretly switch his amplifier off. Brutal. Sometimes I feel like you guys turn my mic off. (laughs) Yeah. We wish we could at this bit. Alex, can we do that? No, please don't do that. (laughs) He went to, he was like, yep. Uh, according, Shut up. To, according to author Gary Herman, Jones was literally incapable of making music anymore. When he tried to play harmonica, his mouth started bleeding. Oh. <laughs> bleeding Gums Murphy. Oh. It's gross, isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, gross how long this report's going. Don't worry, he's about to fucking cark it. <laughs> Spoilers. Let's make ours uh, really quick. I will, yeah. In March 1969, Jones borrowed the group's Jaguar. They had a, a, they had a, cu- they had a we group We need jag. a group Jag. We need one. Yes. Although I think we could afford a group 1993 Corolla. <laughs> you know? Do you think we could afford no. that? <laughs> if, so, if a friend of ours was giving it away slash selling it real cheap, maybe. <laughs> For if, free. You know how much a yearly retro costs? Oh, yeah. Do go on. Uh, he borrowed the group's jag. He went shopping in Pimlico Road in London. After the, the parked car was towed away by police because he parked in a no-parking zone, Jones then hired a chauffeur-driven car to get home. So he, and he charged the band for it. So they were pissed off about that. He lost the jag, then, then got a chauffeur. Then uh, a couple of months later, he crashed his motorcycle into a shop window, <laughs> left it there, and secretly took himself to hospital under an assumed name. Fuck, that's so rock and roll. I know, so shit's not going well for him. He crashes a motorbike into a shop and then just leaves it there. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, Sorry. So when he got out of hospital the next month in June, he was visited by Mick Jagger, Keith Richards and Charlie Watts, and he was told that the group he had formed would continue without him. Publicly, he came out and said that he was quitting the band mm-hmm. due to musical differences, but really they kicked him out. Good to know. Brian uh, moved to uh, Coochford Farm in East Sussex, a property he'd bought in late 1968. Coochford Farm had been owned by Winnie the Pooh creator A.A. A. Milne and uh, was where he lived when he wrote all the books. 
was inspired by the local landscape, which was very hilly and full of round stones. <laughs> and what's funny is on the <laughs> hills, you get a stone to the top of them, sometimes gravity will do the work, you know, and they'll just bloody roll. Um, At around midnight, Matt, you want to listen to this bit? Matt, he said, Matt, oh, you sorry, want to yeah. listen? We've uh, had an audience member leave. Uh, yeah, someone, someone had to go, like, get on with their lives. <laughs> Yeah, all right. <laughs> I, I think that she sensed that death was coming. <laughs> Matt, you want to listen to this bit? Because around midnight on uh, the 2nd slash 3rd of July, as the clock ticked over sure. from one day to the next, less than a month after he was kicked out of the Rolling Stones, Brian Jones was discovered motionless at the bottom of his swimming pool in Coochford Farm. That doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not promising. Don't worry. He's going to be fine. <laughs> He's at the bottom of the pool. Yeah. That's fine. You're at the bottom of the pool. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know what my theory was there. That's the safest part of the pool. <laughs> yeah. Oxygen Hello. S- oxygen sinks to the bottom. <laughs> He's fine. Uh, his Swedish girlfriend, Anna Wallen, was convinced Jones was alive when he was taken out of, the po- uh, out of the pool, insisting that he still had a pulse. However, by the time doctors arrived, it was too late and he was pronounced dead at his home. The coroner's report stated that it was death by misadventure... <laughs> That's the best! I know. So good. I don't care how I die. Make sure they put that on my death certificate, please. Misadventure. No, just put a, just put like a pageant thing on me that says Misadventure. <laughs> that is fantastic. And then pack my ass <laughs> With the sash? Yeah. That's cool. That's real cool. <laughs> how rock and roll is that? Fuck, I'm cool. <laughs> Uh, the girlfriend, Wolin, was convinced that Brian Jones wasn't a suicide and probably wasn't an accident either. Okay. She went to point the finger at, at a handyman named Frank Thorogood, who'd been hired... Thorogood! Thorogood. Yes. He'd been hired to finish up some odd jobs around the musician's home, and she said, quote, I don't know if Frank meant to kill Brian. Maybe it was horseplay in the pool that went wrong. She actually found his list of, uh, of jobs to do around the house, because he's a handyman, so he's like, fix leaky tap... <laughs> Replace tiles in kitchen, push Brian into pool, <laughs> hold him underwater. I think having she's like, hmm, I put two and two together here. I think having horses in the pool was probably dangerous too. <laughs> They're so big. Yeah, they are big. They don't know how, what to do with their hooves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this bloke Thorogood, he was reportedly the last person to see Brian Jones alive. Just before he pushed him into the pool. Uh, but it took 40 years for the Sussex police to take this seriously and they finally looked into the case for the first time in uh, four decades. They found no evidence to contradict the original ruling of death by misadventure. Misadventure. <laughs> it's the latest in the miscongeniality franchise. <laughs> yeah, I, I reckon that, that needs a reboot for sure. <laughs> I watched it recently. It's, it holds up. It's so good. Uh, Jones's old bandmates were in the recording studio when they got the, the news and Keith Richards wrote that there exists a 1 minute 30 uh, second recording of a Stevie Wonder song, I Don't Know Why, which is then interrupted oh. by a phone call saying that Brian was dead. Dave, <laughs> Dave, can I stop you there? Um, you've just turned 27. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> it's midnight on the 28th. I'm saying this is taking too long. <laughs> I, w- I was going to do a report on Jimi Hendrix. 
And I was like, I'll mention Brian Jones because he was the first one to die. And then I never got round to Jimmy Hendrix. I'll mention... This is you mentioning Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, Dave! We're about to do Jimmy Hendrix. Jimmy Hendrix was my choice. Uh, all right, well, I'll wrap it up. I'll wrap it up. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, two days after Jones died, the Stones paid tribute to him at a free concert uh, in Hyde Park, which they'd already uh, already organised. Two hundred fifty thousand people watched them play. The Is Rolling that all? Stones. <laughs> a somber. <laughs> I know. As we look out. No big deal. A somber Mick Jagger quoted a piece of poetry in Member of Brian. Was and it uh, one of my poems? Yeah, it was. Yeah, <laughs> he got my book. <laughs> uh, the group released three and a half thousand. Uh, Just said off mic that she hates us. They heard me. Just so that the people at home know. They heard me. They felt it. I'm in a little bowl now. Uh, I'm a sad little bowl. Shut up, little bowl. The the reason my report's gone so long is because you've been a bowl for two hours. Uh, She's doing her best to make it fun, Dave. (laughs) This is a... Hey, I know a good report. This is a fucking sick one, so... I'm doing a lot of the fun heavy lifting here, mate. And you know what? I'm having Doubt a good time. That would be the perfect time to fall off my chair, you know? Like, hey! Uh, the, uh, I just want to say the group released 3,500 butterflies to, 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 uh, to honour him. Why were they keeping 3,500 butterflies prisoner? I don't know. That sentence took way too long. If I, if I had shortened that down, it would have been quite funny, I reckon. Where did they get all those butterflies? I don't know. Sure. I, I okay, yeah. <laughs> Butterfly s- store. Butterflies.com. All right, the final thing Hi, I was... Hi, welcome to Butterflies.com. <laughs> oh, no. We've got all your butterfly needs. We've got blue ones. Red ones. We've got the fluttery ones. Got... <laughs> Are you talking... Do you mean a moth? They, oh, I hate them. I hate them because the... you don't know which way they're going to go and they come at you and you're like... Ah! I hate it. They're just a dusty butterfly. Don't worry about it. Uh, final thing. Final note. Where's it going? Where's it going? I don't know. So uh, final notes on Brian Jones. Uh, Jimi Hendrix dedicated a song to him on US television. And uh, Jim Morrison of The Doors published a poem called Ode to LA while thinking of Brian Jones, deceased. Which is crazy because Hendrix and Morrison both died within the following two years... Both at the age of 27. So within 27, those three, Brian Jones, Jimi Hendrix and Jim Morrison, plus Janis Joplin, all died between 1969 and 1971 at the age of 27. But at the time, no one connected the ages of the dead rockers. Ooh. Over to Matt. Let's hear it for Matt's report. All right. Now the show begins. All right, guys, so uh, what we did here, we started with the headliner, me, and now we're going to go to Matt's shitty report. All right, here we go. That means mine is being set up to be the shittiest, and I'm okay with it. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Mine's a lot quicker. I don't know that it is. Jeez, did you feel the energy drop as that went? (laughs) Oh, my goodness, that was brutal, Dave. Dave doesn't read a room. (laughs) (laughs) Does not know how to read a room. Did you guys not enjoy that? Fuck, in my head, I was like, I'm fucking killing this. <laughs> you literally got an eh. Now Fuck g- you all, all right? Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I gotta get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stress <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry. But I did take the last biscuit. It, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. Do you think the... Um, I have a theory already. Do you think that the, the thing is that these people have all achieved a lot by 27? Therefore, having not achieved much, if I continue to not achieve much for the next year, I shall live. That's how I've lived through the centuries. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, great. All right, Maddie, go for it. All right, my question is, who is the most famous 90s inductee into the 27 Club? 90s. 90s. Come 90s. on, don't make him fuck. Cobain, yeah. Yeah, Kurt Cobain, well done. <laughs> Have you guys know? has anyone uh, gone to the toilets here? On the mail door. It's They're not f- allowed. Oh, sorry, I forgot the rules. <laughs> VIPs only. Um, on the mail toilets. VIPs. <laughs> Someone's going to make a toast. Somebody was like laughed with their whole body and kicked their glass. But one of the toilets, you know, it's a, a man toilet because of the Kurt Cobain poster, and on the women's, it's Janis Joplin. Oh, isn't that freakish? No, all right. <laughs> Kurt Cobain, born in 1967, was a Seattle musician most famous as being the front man for grunge band Nirvana, which formed in 1987. By 1994, they See, were the biggest band moving in the world. Through, moving through. Oh, that's because he's not being fucking interrupted. <laughs> What, do you, what would you call what just happened? <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> but Cobain was struggling with depression and heroin addiction, which contributed to his suicide by shotgun on April 5th, 1994. My report found. <laughs> Thank you very much. Wow, he said he didn't put much effort in, and he did not. I have written, I have written a whole other report, um, but fuck. I had no idea that you were genuinely going to take an hour. Sh- should I do it? We have done... S- we have done... You- yeah! Would you... Genuinely, if you guys have anywhere to be, like watching the Saints game... Yes! Oh, sorry. That was too enthusiastic. <laughs> yeah, we both went too hard. Oh, I've yes. got to sit through this too. I could go get us drinks. I'm next. Yeah, great. Make Dave go. Yeah. <laughs> guys, if I go, there'll be no comedians left on the stage. <laughs> It's really hard. No, it wasn't both of us. Oh, okay. <laughs> don't touch me. By the way, uh, I don't know if you know, know Matt, but we've done several two-hour episodes before. 
Yeah. People love those. Not actually. in a hot room. Yeah, not in a hot, not in a hot well, dungeon. I, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so that that's not, that's not. Kurt Cobain was great, but he he. I'm doing another 1990s uh, 27 club guy. I've chosen another musician, also born in '67. Uh, this guy on the 22nd of December. It's Richie Edwards. Anyone heard of Richie Edwards? Very good. This is good. <laughs> this is good. Uh, okay, Ricky James. Anyone heard of Richie James? Rick James. It's not Rick James, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You fucking idiot. He is hiding the mother of all regret faces. Where's your wallet? Where's your wallet? Now you're buying beers, but I'm going to get it. No, that's fair. That is a... It's a catchphrase from the Chappelle show. That's all. Did, did anyone know that? Know that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Two bloody hell. To so everyone else, uh, I'm very sorry. So you didn't know that? No, That's... I did. That's oh, so man. good. That it's been... still extra funny that you called me a bitch. <laughs> because you're the biggest feminist in this group. That's why it's funny. <laughs> hey, I'll be the feminist here. <laughs> anyway, so he w- has anyone heard of the Manic Street Preachers? Yeah, he was, he, so that's who he's from. All right, great. <laughs> Rock solid start. He was a guitarist and lyricist, right? He was born in a town named Blackwood in South Wales. I have not written any jokes. I wrote this this afternoon. No jokes. So you guys have to make it fun. Okay, here we go. <laughs> all right, let's hear it, everybody. Yeah. We're having a good time. Um... That, right, that, was, that was fun. Okay. All right, um... shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch is a funny word. It is good fun. It is good fun. Uh, Rick James, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) You piece of shit. So he did pretty well in school. (laughs) You you know how much time he spent on his pre-band stuff? This is how much time I'm spending on it. He did pretty well in school. (laughs) The Manic Street Preachers formed in 1986. You didn't mention whether or not he had asthma as a child. (laughs) (laughs) Like I did. Or a, a beer, please. Thank you. The year before Nirvana. <laughs> right, so Jess has gone to get some drinks. So I'll just stop you there, Matt. We will wait. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I could get th- through this while she's gone. Um, so the Manic Street Preachers, which I've said for the third time, formed in 1986 with James Dean Bradfield, Nicky Wire, Sean Moore, and Miles Flicker Woodward. Yeah, all unnecessary detail. I would have cut that. I would have cut that. <laughs> I just thought they deserved their moment. No, they have gr- they're great names, I must admit. Edwards wasn't initially a part of the lineup. He started out as their roadie. Um, but after Miles Flicker Woodward left in 1988, the band remained a three-piece until 1989 when Edwards joined the lineup on rhythm guitar. Um, in his time with the band, they released their first three albums, each charting in the top 20 on the UK charts. Good fact. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't much of a musician, apparently, and I read that he would often just mime the guitar at live performances. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't even holding a guitar. That's <laughs> <laughs> While he wasn't much of a musician, uh, he became very influential in the band's stylistic direction and also became one of the key lyricists. Uh, contributing 80% of the lyrics to their 1994 album, The Holy Bible, which I don't know if you've heard of it. That's the one with Jesus. Um, (laughs) I didn't write any jokes, but I'll bloody riff a couple. (laughs) Jess is back with drinks. That was really quick. Um, Can't, can't, can 
cannot help but notice that she's holding two drinks. Yeah, uh, and what's that? You've hardly had a sip of yours. All right, great. Um, so anyway, the Holy Bible, that re- reached number six on the British charts. That was his The la- Holy Bible did. <laughs> La-dee-da. <Yeah. laughs> Go Bible. I'm sorry. It was a really long track. But I just remembered I have to do my report still. It had a sweet groove. Um, Edwards suffered for his art too. Uh, in 1991, in an infamous interview with NME journalist Steve Lamack, uh, responding to the journalist questioning the band's authenticity, he carved the phrase for real into his forearm with a razor blade. But during, a- during the interview... During the interview. Number four or F-O-R? <laughs> Number four. Fuck yeah! It was That's a- rock and roll. It was hashtagging before hashtags. <laughs> it's real rock and roll to use numbers, you know, like Skater Boy by... <laughs> All right. <laughs> by... Uh, the blanks. Uh, Nickelback's ex-wife. <laughs> Good enough for me. Uh, Avril Lavigne. Thank you. <laughs> Worth it. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and apparently, yeah, there's a photo of it. So I saw the photo of him for real bleeding out of his arm. He was taken to hospital requiring 17 stitches. 17? Oh, no. <laughs> Not enough. Two Not less enough. or go to 20. You, if you got operated on they put 17 in, you'd be like, just put three somewhere else. Just or kill me. Uh, yeah, I'd be like... <laughs> Turn off life support. I'm done. They're like, you don't need life support. You've scratched yourself. Turn it off. <laughs> I've had a good run. I'm out. Edwards suffered from depression and he was very open about it once saying, it gets to the point where you can't really operate in it, uh, anymore as a human being. You can't get out of bed. So beautiful. You can't... <laughs> I, oh, I'm you, so beautiful. You can't make yourself a it's cup a of coffee without something going badly wrong or your body's too weak to walk. So it was in a pretty tough uh, state. Um, Let's but I'm keep it light, mate. <laughs> I'll skip this next paragraph. Uh, <laughs> after the release of the Holy Bible in 1994, Edwards checked into the Priory, a psychiatric hospital, uh, meaning that he missed some of the promotional work for the album. So he, he did get out of the Priory just before um, the band was about to tour Europe. The last tour he was a part of. Uh, Edwards played his final live show with the band at the London Astoria on 21st of December 1994. Uh, the gig ended with him starting to smash up his guitar, then the whole band joined in. They wrecked the whole stage, Fuck including yeah. lights at the venue and stuff yeah. like that. Similar to what we're going to bloody do later. <laughs> yeah, what, but was he, did he actually have a guitar or was he just doing his mime act? <laughs> His, his yeah, mime guitar it, got fucked up. He's fucking elbowing a guitar. Come Dave, back, Dave mime smashing a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, now you do it on me, are you? First I'm a bitch, and now it's okay to smash I'll be the ukulele. feminist here. Not on, Dave. Thank you. Uh, a little over a month after the show, on the 1st of February 1995, a day when he was meant to fly to the United States for a promo tour, Edwards disappeared forever. Age 27. What? It's a mystery app! <laughs> it is a mystery app. He disappeared. He disappeared. How did he disappear? Forever. Forever. Forever, ever? Forever, ever. <laughs> I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> For the two weeks prior to his disappearance, Edwards withdrew 200 pounds a day from his bank account, totaling 2,800 pounds. Not enough to live on forever. I basically I just did this the Wherever two s- fourteen times two hundred for you. They're not really required, but anyway, <laughs> maths you is know. fun. Uh, you know I'm not good at it though. That's so. that is true. I would have been curious to hear what you had to say about that. Even now knowing the answer, two hundred a day. 
for two weeks. Two weeks, all right. Come back to me later. Edwards, <laughs> Edwards checked out of the hotel he was staying in at 7 o'clock in the morning. He took only his wallet, car keys, <laughs> passport and some Prozac. Dave, you know what Prozac is? Prozac is an antidepressant. It's like a popular... That's how Dave gets through this show. <laughs> I've had nine. I've heard of it. I don't know. <laughs> that must annoy you, Jess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One more. <laughs> All right. Uh, so he left... With only his wallet, car keys, passports and Prozac and left behind his toiletries and a fully packed suitcase. You can't go without the toiletries. <laughs> I need my moisturiser. <laughs> first thing I thought of. From there Toothbrush. W- <laughs> okay, fun game. There we go. <laughs> From your toiletry bag, right? Oh my God, this is so fun. Everybody can play. Uh, toiletry bag. Only take one thing. What do you take? Prozac. <laughs> Great away. call. Matt. Uh, you brushed your teeth in front of us today and your toothbrush... Ran out of power. (laughs) (laughs) It was so sad. (laughs) And Dave and I both look at our phones and we just hear... (laughs) And you look over and Matt's just there like... (laughs) Very funny. Not for me, man. I take plaque very seriously. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it's tricky. Do you take your toothbrush or your toothpaste? Fuck. Great point. Don't, don't ever put me in that position again. You bitch. <laughs> I'm still working on that math problem from before. Mm. <laughs> Alright, 200 a day, two weeks, okay. <laughs> Wait, weekends? Yeah, all, da- all days. All no, days. you know, weeks, anyway, fuck. I would have said business weeks. Is that what they say, business weeks? They don't say we don't that. No, we don't have real jobs. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Um, I was about to stand up for myself. From there, he went to his apartment in Cardiff, Wales. Uh, In the two weeks that followed, Edwards was claimed to be spotted a few times by fans, including one time at the Newport bus station, uh, this time by a fan who didn't realise that he was missing. They chatted and discussed a mutual friend before Edwards departed. So only later on, this this guy realised, he's like, oh, fuck, he's... He's gone. He doesn't exist. What happened? On the 7th of Feb, Edwards <laughs> reportedly took a taxi ride from the King's Hotel in Newport, driving around the valleys near where he grew up. Uh, I guess maybe, yeah, I don't know why, just checking it out. All right. Uh, the driver <laughs> reported that the, pa- the passenger, who he didn't necessarily know who he was at the time, the passenger requested if he could lie down on the back seat. He also said that the passenger spoke in a thick cockney... Hang on, so the passenger just requested the driver lies down <laughs> in the back seat. Oh, that may be a poorly formed sentence. I'm asking. Yeah. Hey, mate, uh, just take me uh, to the meadows if you can. And if you could just lie down in the back seat, that'd be great. I'll pay extra. <laughs> it's weird. But he also reported the passenger spoke in a thick Cockney accent, but sporadically slipped into a Welsh one. What so would that sound like? Oh, well, are you all right there, Cobba? Uh, Welsh. Here's the Welsh. <laughs> I'm Welsh as well. Um, <laughs> So when he said I'm Welsh as well, that was, that was the little giveaway that he yeah. gave. The little giveaway. By the way, I'm putting up... I don't know what I'm doing now. I'm doing Liverpool. I'll stop. Eventually, the passenger got out at the Severn View service station near South Gloucestershire and paid the fare in cash. A week... Yeah, Gloucestershire, you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> I just heard a little whisper over there like, <laughs> he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> People come here for me to pronounce things right, and uh, I'm so sorry to let you down there. Have I said any words right? Oh, thank you. 
All I hear when you speak is But how do you how do you say Dave can edit all this out and we'll put in the right bit. What what do you say? Yeah, great, alright, I'm gonna do that again. Alright. Eventually the passenger got out of the Severn View service station near South Gloucestershire and paid the fare in cash. Great, and it won't sound weird to the people at home that you suddenly applaud him. <laughs> at all. That won't be weird at all. A week later, on the 14th of Feb, Edward's car... Valentine's Day. Okay, fun game. <laughs> no, I'm not doing a game. I don't have one. I'm so sorry. I'll turn it back around. What I didn't realise that. That makes sense. That's why the story gets really romantic here. A week later, on the 14th of Feb, Edward's car received a parking ticket. That's beautiful. Uh, At the Severn View service station. On the 17th, three days later, the car was reported as abandoned. The battery was found to be dead and there was evidence that the car had been lived in. The car's proximity to the Severn Bridge, a known suicide location, um, meant that it is widely believed he took his own life by jumping from the bridge, but a body has never been found. This is disputed by many, though, who knew him. <laughs> disputed by many who have found the body. <laughs> they have reportedly pointed to it, and no one will take them seriously. Well, he's right there. Oh, <laughs> sorry, it was the, they were disputing the suicide part. Sorry, that was obviously a, a misunderstanding there. Almost led to a funny moment. Didn't quite, but... Um, <laughs> fair, fair enough. He's so mean. <laughs> he's so mean. Uh, he hasn't had his afternoon nap. Correct, that is true. Uh, the key is nine Prozacs. <laughs> I normally uh, have, a, have a lunchtime a virgin blood meal. Um, <laughs> I was trying to suggest I'm a vampire or something, you know. I really went the long way around. They live a long time. <laughs> or they, oh. un- they unlive a long time. Or whatever. So that's why we're not in the beer garden. Yes, that's why we're not in the beer garden. Deserved more, sir. Now you're making the audience do your, heavy, your jokes. And I appreciate that. That's how a comedy thing works. People bounce off each other. Yes, Learn a little. <laughs> you bitch. How dare you. How d- do not use that word to me. I'm a feminist. Um, genuinely am, genuinely am. And also should you be. All right. Um, also should you be. There's another one for And also should you be. And also, you as a woman, I will tell you what you should be. So. Now you're getting it. Um, so this is disputed by many, the suicide part, uh, by people who knew him well. They vehemently deny that he was the kind of person to commit suicide. In 1994, he was also quoted as saying himself, uh, this is the quote, in terms of the... I would never suicide. (laughs) And if if I've ever reported to have done so, don't believe it. And it's weird that he said that. Um, You're paraphrasing a little. Um, The actual quote was, in terms of the S word, I think he might have meant shit. That does not enter my mind. Stephen. (laughs) And it never has done. Swollen. In terms of an attempt. Swamp. Because I'm Susan? stronger than that. I might be a weak person, but I can take that pain. Swallow. The pain of never shitting. Yeah. I will never attempt a shit. <laughs> never. Never even enters my mind. Uh, basically, finishing up here, Dave. Take a note here. Um, <laughs> since his disappearance... Since. <laughs> it's an S word. 
Oh, we're saying S words. Fun. He tunes me out completely. <laughs> Since his disappearance, there have been many more sightings. <laughs> including faraway places around the world, like India and on the islands off the coast of Africa. None of these sightings have been confirmed, though. Oh. oh. <laughs> Manic Street Preachers have continued on as a three-piece after Edward's disappearance, releasing the album Everything Must Go in May 1996. That was just their fire sale. Yeah. Everything Must Go! <laughs> f- we got mats! We've, oh, we got... No, like, not like you, Matt. I meant, like, door mats. <laughs> no, I'm, yeah, I really must go. This is taking too long. Um, uh, i got a flight to catch on Tuesday, so I probably do need to get going. Uh... Uh, so that uh, Everything Must Go featured five tracks with lyrics written by Edwards, including the UK top ten single, Kevin Carter. Uh, and they've also re- they've continued releasing albums since. That's so basically the end of the report. So they've done well with that. They've done really well. I only heard of him uh, beyond his death. Um, but interestingly, he was looking to take the band in a different direction before he died. Um, and the direction sounds fucking sick. Apparently he wanted to um, do the next album be a concept album described as Pantera meets Nine Inch Nails oh meets Screamadelica. <laughs> um, however... You're literally wearing a Pantera T-shirt. Today. I am, yeah, that's true. Um, Why do I know what he's wearing? Well, God. you saw me get dressed. Because I'm great at fashion, yes, that's right. She watched me... <laughs> fashion, Matt. Matthew. Maddie. You watched me brush my teeth. It's not that weird, you know, I'm wearing a T-shirt. <laughs> fashion. Do it. Do it. I will not say Asian fashion. <laughs> I won't. Fashion. And you can't make me. Fashion. Anyway, I think... That's how you do a fucking report, Dave, anyway. Fizzle out. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, fizzle out. That was great. So I will say, he's an unconfirmed member of the 27 Club. I like that about it, though. I like the mystery element. But that, he went missing when he was only 27 and three months. So if he died anywhere in the next nine months, he's in. <laughs> Good enough for me. Yeah. We're also no, JP, it's your report. You're doing the most yes. recent of the 27 club out of the three of us. Am I supposed to have written a question? Yes. Come up with one quickly. Okay. Okay, writing a question. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Amy Winehouse. Yep. <laughs> Is there any other recent ones? I don't know of any other recent ones. Me, hopefully. Um, <laughs> okay, I'll... Jeez, uh, it's okay. We're, we're all mentally healthy. Um, and support each other. Amy Winehouse. I was going to make some sort of joke about, like, a drink and a place that you live. <laughs> And that's why I was enjoying no, it. No, 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 Yeah, Jess. that's why I didn't. Okay, no, thanks no, no, for getting too me Too soon, Jess. <laughs> okay, born on the 14th of September, 1983. Her father... <laughs> a good year. Her father, Mitchell, or Mitch... Oh, this is going to be a long report. <laughs> father or dad. <laughs> <laughs> or papa. Um... Father Mitch was a window panel installer and then a taxi driver, and her mother Janice was a pharmacist. Um, many, <coughs> yes. I love Matt. that you, Matt was like, "I've got a cough. I know what I'll do. I'll bring the mic up to my face." <laughs> <laughs> what 
Look, I've done a little radio, so I know how it works. Cough into the mic. And you get people just laughing with their whole bodies. <laughs> Many of Winehouse's maternal uncles were professional jazz musicians. Amy's paternal grandmother, Cynthia, was a singer and dated the English jazz, jazz saxophone player, because I don't want to say, is it sax... Saxophonist. Saxophonist. Ronnie Scott. She and Amy, Amy's parents influenced Amy's interest in jazz. Her father, Mitch, or Mitchell, <laughs> or Daddy, or Papa, no. Paul. Paul. Is that oh. your dad's name? I don't know. <laughs> it's my dad's name. It's coincidence, though, I think. Is that coincidence? <laughs> okay. Cecil has, Cecil has your dad in a basement. Um... <laughs> We're all in a basement. Good call, Phil, yeah. Okay, her father, Mitch, often sang French, Frank Sinatra songs to her. A good year. <laughs> I thought maybe Did I get that right? Sing. I thought maybe you'd sing. Oh. Um, stars red in the news. I'm leaving today. Why did you want... Why would you have wanted me to do that? I... Oh, thank you very much. I... Was actually impressed by that. <laughs> that was the best Sinatra I've heard in a long time. Since he died. Since he died. Anyway. In 1992, Amy's grandmother, Cynthia, suggested that Amy attend the Susie Earnshaw Theatre School, where she went on Saturdays to further her vocal education and to learn to tap dance. Matt's a very good tap dancer, by the way. Um, quite good at square dancing too, aren't you, buddy? Yes, but fuck. Get on with the report. We don't have time to stop every time we've got a talent. Um, it's funny because all, we all do a podcast because we don't have a talent. <laughs> so that's good. Um, <laughs> she attended this, the, uh, the theatre school for four years and, and uh, founded a short-lived rap group called Sweet and Sour. Oh, that is great. You better believe that's just an, an N. Sweet and no, sour. Oh, not and. Sweet and sour. <laughs> you got to do a little shoulder thing like sweet and sour. Have a go. Sweet and sour. No. <laughs> you got to shoulder on the N. Sweetened. There it is. <laughs> oh, that was sexy. I am genuinely uh, that uncoordinated. Did deserve a clap. So, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so they, uh, yeah, they formed their own little um, rap group uh, with her childhood friend Juliet before seeking full-time training at the Sylvia Young Theatre School. She was allegedly expelled at fourteen for not applying herself and also for piercing her nose. <laughs> I really like that she got kicked out for getting a nose piercing. It's fun, isn't it? Um, <laughs> my mum was very mad when I pierced my ears. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm in a way, I'm Winehouse. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No. <laughs> We've both been oppressed. <laughs> Later, she attended the Brit School in Croydon, which was the famous uh, school quite famous for producing some pretty high-caliber talent, including Imogen Heap, Jessie J, Rizzle Kicks, The Kooks, Leona Lewis. <laughs> what the fuck is Rizzle Kicks? You don't know Rizzle Kicks? No. Rizzle Kicks are great. Yeah. I've heard of one of those things. Do you all know Rizzle Kicks? That was a list of gibberish, wasn't it, Jess? <laughs> Rizzle Kicks. Jess was like, there's not enough talented people on this list. Don't worry, I'll make up one. Dave won't call me on it. <laughs> so sorry. I have heard of the Kooks, though. Please do go on. And Adele. Have you heard of Adele? I missed that one, yeah. No. Never mind, I'll find. <laughs> is, that ri- is that Rizzle Someone Kicks? Yeah, I know that kicks. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They do, yeah that's Rizzle Kicks. You Rizzle fucking idiot. Rizzle Kicks are great. 
After toying, I'm just going to power through because uh, you took way too long. After toying around I'm so with the sorry, shut I'm up, thorough. I'm thorough. After toying around with her brother Alex's guitar, Winehouse bought her own when she was 14 and began writing music a year later. Soon after, she began working for a living, including at one time as an entertainment journalist for the World Entertainment News Network. What? <laughs> in addition to singing with local groups, uh, with local group the Bolsher Band. In uh, July 2000, she became the featured female vocalist with the National Youth Jazz Orchestra and she signed to Simon Fuller's 19 management in uh, 2002 and was paid £250 a week. (laughs) £250 a week. She is killing it. That's pretty good. Is Simon Fuller the judge from the show? (laughs) No? Simon Cowell. Yeah, firstly, Cowell. Secondly, the show. (laughs) Which show, Matthew? Sorry, I was thinking of Red Simons. (laughs) (laughs) You just like, you enjoyed your own joke there. I didn't, I didn't even realise that it was connected by his name. I was trying to say something really random, but I said a thing with Simon in it. (laughs) Fucked up. (laughs) Or accidentally did something brilliant. Nah, fucked up. Neither, neither. No fucked up, (laughs) alright. I've been looking at this empty seat, would you mind if I... Go sit? Oh, he always joins the audience. Don't start a revolution again. Oh, no. There's actually too many of them this time. I couldn't <laughs> hold you back. They could. In Melbourne, it was all right. They, I, could, uh, they could kill us all. What it, how do you think this is going? Pretty all right. <laughs> High praise. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon they'll have us back. Let's put that on future posters. Pretty all right. Pretty what, what's all your right. name if we're quoting you? Shane. 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 Well, if you're not going to trust Shane's opinion... Who can you trust? Rizzle Kicks. Rizzle Kicks. <laughs> Thanks for saving that sweet reef, uh, anonymous sweet voice. Sweet reef. <laughs> 420 blazing. Oh, no. Save the reefs. I'm a passionate... Uh, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> bitch. Jeez. <laughs> Jeez, it's nice up here, just us, isn't it? This is the podcast that never happened. All right, so... <laughs> But we don't look at each other. (laughs) Let's get cosy. So, she was being developed by the management company and she uh, was kept as a recording industry secret. Ooh. That's kind of fun. Um, A guy called Darkest Beast. That is... (laughs) Jess, can you stop making up names, please? Darkest. Rizzlekick's best friend, Darkest Beast. Rizzlekick's are good. Being kept as as a recording industry secret is just being a shit... Like unknown artists, isn't it? Yeah. Ah, it's a secret. That's Send we're not selling any records because we haven't told anyone yet. We're going to keep you a podcast industry secret. I appreciate that. <laughs> I like that even though you're in the audience and it's dark, I can still see the regret on your face. <laughs> if anything, I feel like I could feel it. Yeah. I can sense your regret now. It's not just the face now, it's full body regret. Full body regret. Okay, Darkest Bees. He was uh, heard of her by accident when the manager of the Lewinson Brothers showed him some production of his clients, which featured Winehouse as a key vocalist. When he asked who the singer was, the manager told him, I'm not allowed to say. <laughs> it's a secret. <laughs> ah. So then he, like, he, he sniffs around and he, he gets... He calls his mate Rizzle up. Gets him on the blower. You don't know Rizzle Kicks? Rizzle. They do that song... You might hear yeah. me make a luck rocker like Wilson because I love someone no Rachel Bilson. Yes. Uh, that was great, Jess, but um, do that I look like I'm into hip-hop? <laughs> you look like you're into bark. 
<laughs> the stuff off trees. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Cannot get enough. I rub it on my skin. I'll tell you where you rub it. All right. Um, he loves yeah, it. Yeah, on my rough. skin. Oh, you said that. Sorry. Yeah. yeah okay. He loves the way uh, dogs woof. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm all about. Did you? <laughs> Did you? <laughs> He's really enjoying it. He's turning did you, away. Did you see me slowly get it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <laughs> That's good stuff. I mean, aside No, from, it definitely isn't. Don't. Aside from podcasters, we're semi-professional comedians also. And um, you should I actually, in, in Brisbane at a gig last week... Matt, I, I do not have... On the, call she- on the call sheet in brackets after my name, it said, semi-professional comedian from Melbourne. Close brackets. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Looks like we made it. <laughs> Is that Rizzle Kicks? Yes. Because it's not bark. You fucking weirdo. Dave fucks trees. <laughs> no regrets. Finally, the tree fucker nickname makes sense. <laughs> hey, why do they call you a tree fucker? <laughs> It's a secret. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we're losing it. I'm so sorry. (sighs) Okay. So, bees. (laughs) He finds her. If he's like, who's that voice? And eventually someone's like, it's Amy Winehouse. Um, (laughs) Fine, stop fucking asking. All right, it's Amy Winehouse. (laughs) So he introduces Winehouse to his boss, Nick Gatfield, and the, and the, the island head... God, Jess, what have you written here? Island Records, head? Yes, and he was enthusiastic uh, about this young artist. Who is she, they said. And <laughs> Amy they said, Winehouse. And I fucking told you. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, uh, so, where am I up to? Okay, so she signs with, uh, with Island Records and um, she starts to, starts to um, you know, make some music. <laughs> I've had a bit to drink and can't read. Uh, is it suddenly, it's no longer a secret, I'm imagining, is that? She's, she's public now with her music. She's public. I don't know, probably, who cares? Um. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just skip to the bit where she dies. <laughs> <laughs> I've also started drinking, so... <laughs> okay. Darkest Beast. He told Hit Quarters that he felt the reason behind the excitement... Who did he tell? Hip Quarters. Hit! Hit Quarters. Makes sense, I'm Because they... It's a quarterly paper where they talk about the hits. Okay. So, he's, she's at Hit Quarters. She's killing it. Right, fuck it. Forget Hit Quarters. She, there's, there's, there's a man called Bees. Oh, okay. She releases an album. It's called Frank. Frank. Because of Frank Sinatra, her hero, okay? You guys, I assume, would release an album called Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> Laugh too hard there, guys. Um, be nice. They just call it Jess. Um, Frank, Frank was released in October of 2003. The album entered the upper levels of the UK album chart, I'm not sure what that means, in 2004 when it was nominated for the Brit Award in the categories of British Female Solo Artist and British Urban Act. It went on to achieve platinum sales. So first album, she hit the ground running, she's killing it. She's about to be killed. Um, <laughs> 
Um, in contrast to her jazz-influenced former album, Winehouse's focus shifted to the girl groups of the 1950s and the 60s. She hired New York singer Sharon Jones's longtime band, the Dap Kings, to back her up in her studio and on tour. Um, Mitch Winehouse, I love this. So her dad, Mitch, he... Uh, or Mitchell. <laughs> or, or Paul. Or, Paul. or, or dad. Fuck. <laughs> or Faja. Um, sometimes I call my dad John. And he hates it. He's like... Because his name's Gary. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? You know his name is John. You've met him, you took some of his chips. Didn't you? They were great chips. Great chips. Dad was like, have a chip. Anyway, fuck. (laughs) Nah, um, Nah, I love Gary. Good on him. Mitch wrote a book later, and he c- it's called Amy, My Daughter. Not the best. Um, no, pun title. Yeah, I should have called it Total Recall. <laughs> it been amazing. He recalled how fascinating it was watching her process, um, her perfectionism in the studio, and how she would put what she'd sung on a CD, and she would take it out of the studio, and she would play it in his taxi so that she could hear how the normal people would hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck her, I hope she dies. David, we do not wish death upon people, okay? But she is going to die. We're all going to die, Bob. Simpsons reference. Camp Krusty, all right. (laughs) They say bop in there too? Because that's weird. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) We're all checked out. Skip to the bit where she does. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I might skip ahead a little bit. Basically, she's fucking killing it. Um... No, great. I want an words. off-script summary. This is amazing. You're killing it. Okay, great. So she's, she's doing super it. well. She she breaks the Guinness Book of World Records for the amount of awards that she's been nominated for at the Grammys. Um, Rehab and Valerie are like enormous songs. Probably still her most famous. Valerie's like, well, sound anyway. No, um, <laughs> don't sing. I fucking love that song though. Anyway, it's really a Mark Ronson song it's featuring a Mark Ronson song Amy featuring Winehouse. It's a cover, but I'm aware of these things. <laughs> I'm just saying that song. Did well. That's how to argue that. Well done. Fuck you. (laughs) This is fun. At his request, Hollywood star Bruce Willis, ever heard of him, um, introduced Winehouse before her performance of Rehab at the 2007 MTV Movie Awards in Universal City, California. (laughs) She'd made the awards organisers nervous when she went on a a Vegas jaunt in the hours before the show. (laughs) She's like, I'm just going to duck off to Vegas real quick. Um... (laughs) Then I'll come back and do my little song. And um, then we just fucking party, right? And they're like, no. <laughs> but I like that Bruce Willis is like, um, excuse me, um, can I please introduce Amy Winehouse? Do you think that's cool? Thank you. <laughs> that's all I need is one person's approval. Okay, um, I'm skipping ahead. She's doing super well, um, but then... not <laughs> Like, professionally, but then not good, personally. Um... Uh, Why, what's wrong with her? <laughs> a number of things, to be honest. I actually got kind of sad doing the report. So my report kind of finishes with her just doing super well career-wise. <laughs> and what and happened to it? No one knows. No one knows. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> it's Never a mystery. Heard of again. She released that album, sold five million copies worldwide and uh, she retired. Yeah, she, she lives on an island off She Cuba. breeds corgis. <laughs> she's very happy. She's, yeah. she's the queen now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You may know her as Lizzie. <laughs> um, 
In May of 2009, she returned to performing at a jazz festival uh, in St. Lucia amid torrential downpours and technical difficulties. During a set, it was reported that she was unsteady on her feet and had trouble remembering lyrics. She apologised to the crowd for being bored and ended the set in the middle of a song. <laughs> Which is funny because I I walked off before to get a beer. So, and also Matt is in the crowd. (laughs) We're professionals. (laughs) Thanks for paying to come, guys. Um, (laughs) Now, good on you. Um, Hey, we're giving you fucking two hours of this shit. No, we haven't. I'm nearly done. Okay, on uh, February 11th, this is another time in 2011. She uh, cut short a performance in Dubai following booing from the audience. She was reported to be uh, tired. Weird that that one audience yeah. member has a mic. Yeah. Um, Alex, can we please cut that audience member's <laughs> mic? No, don't. Do not. <laughs> he's nodding. He's, he's very literal. <laughs> um, she was reported to be tired, distracted and tipsy during the performance. Um, so she, uh, most of you would obviously know she, had, she battled with substance abuse um, and that was the subject of much media attention. In 2005, she went through a period of drinking, heavy drug use and weight loss. Her family believes that the mid-2006 death of her grandmother, who was uh, quite a big influence on her, set her off into addiction. Um, in 2007, she cancelled a number of shows in the UK uh, and Europe, citing exhaustion and ill health. She was hospitalised during this period for what was reported to be an overdose of heroin, ecstasy, cocaine, ketamine and alcohol. Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot. It's like the Long Island that's iced tea of drugs. It's amazing. <laughs> amazing. I've had a, a, a drink and a half and I'm like ready for a nap. <laughs> She's, I mean, that's rock and roll, you know? That's rock and roll. Apparently in her, like, in her teens, she was very anti-drugs and she was, like, quite clean cut and, and like, quite nice and then, and then she met a boy. Boys ruin everything and he introduced her to drugs, lots of drugs, lots of violence. You just tapped a boy when I said boys ruin everything. <laughs> <laughs> that is the best. Yeah. Yeah, this guy is my life. Me. Okay, great. <laughs> He's introduced me to so many drugs. Yeah. <laughs> introduced her to a lot of drugs, and then um, and then she was fine. She was absolutely fine. <laughs> Nothing bad happened. She did not have an incident of alcohol poisoning <laughs> and die. <laughs> that did not happen. She's fine, guys. She's fine. <laughs> Yay! Let's hear it for Amy Winehouse. <laughs> what a She's career. Fine. She's Not fine. super relevant to the topic. Uh, yeah. Still, just I didn't just, want to do a sad story. I just wanted to sing Valerie. <laughs> a two, three, four. <laughs> anyway, I don't want to talk. Yeah, she died. She did. Um, uh, heaps of issues. Uh, eating disorders, mental issues, uh, substance abuse. Uh, if you need help, call... Uh, what's the what's the helpline? Lifeline. Life one three line. double one double. Oh. One three double one double six. <laughs> That's Pizza Hut. Oh, <laughs> and that will help. Yeah. No, no. Thirteen thirty thirty two. Lube mobile every time. Every. Sorry. Thirteen thirty thirty two. Thirty. Anyway. Are you calling me back? Yeah. Please I was come back on stage. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is the end of the the twenty seven club. Oh, I've actually got uh, some fun facts to wrap up. Do we have time? <laughs> just, I just wanted to say, the... Um <laughs> I, no, I just want to wrap it up by saying, uh, so a lot of people have died at 27. The first people that they've gone back, they've gone back and looked through history is a guy called... Uh, I was like, there's something in my pub sitting on my iPad. <laughs> I was like... Uh, in 1892, the first ever member of the uh, 27 Club is uh, Brazilian composer Alexandra Levy. And the most recent member is Anton Yelchin, the Star Trek actor. 
who died last year when his car crashed him against a wall. Whoops. His car did it? Yeah. Yeah, it was really, really bad. You missed that one? That was big news. No, but like, how did the car do it? It uh, had a faulty parking brake thing. Uh. Handbrake, yeah. Fuck. But okay, you, may, you may wonder, car is... You, but, right. The car did it with a... With a a knife. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's what's quick? Think of a funny weapon. <laughs> I think I nailed it. Uh, but do more people die at 27 than any other age or musicians? So, uh, a University of Sydney professor, Diane Kenny, did a uh, analysis of 13,000 US musicians who died between 1950 and 2014. She compared their ages and uh, and their deaths, and she found what uh, a sick person. I know. Has anyone listened to all the episodes we've done? Does anyone remember me quoting this study already? Oh, Oh. get fucked! I can't remember what episode, but someone died at 27 and I had talked about this already. So I think we can go. (laughs) In summary, she found that uh, when it comes to 27 more, uh, the same amount of people die at 26 and 28 and they're slightly more likely to die at 32... Actually, Matt has already lived through that age, so it's all good. We're all good. We're all good. Yay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that is uh, the... And I'm not a musician, so... <laughs> Clear so on both cams. So, technically, all I have to do is live for a slightly less than eight more hours, and then I will be 27 years old, and then I can die. <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be great. Yeah! Let's hear it for my death! Uh, <laughs> Could we get a round of applause for Alex uh, on the tech? Thank you, Thank you Alex. <laughs> on the tech. On the tech. And I would like to thank also uh, Seizure, who helped organise the venue here at uh, the Chippo Hotel. Fantastic comedy venue, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you come back and see lots of comedy shows here. It was re- who recommended it to us? The little Dum Dum Club, was it? Uh, Steel Saunders from the I Love Green Grind podcast oh. said that this is the, the place to do a podcast. The king of still. podcasting, so that's nice. Yeah. Uh, so thank you so much for that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is the uh, end of the show. We're going to be uh, hanging out. Encore, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote another little thing. Uh, no, but thank you so much. Uh, let's have a big round of applause for Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I guess I assume he wants us to, but I'm not going to do it. Um, Thanks, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Give it up for Dave Warnicky, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I won't give it to him. And thank you all for coming out. It's fucking blown our minds that um, so many people have come out to see us in Sydney. We love you guys. Thank you. That's what he was asking for, yeah. I'm so needy. <laughs> Someone just said, if you didn't hear on the mic, I think we should just stay friends. And Jess continues to be lonely. All right. Um, we are going to be, so uh, we'll be over there and, we, and, uh, and we've got some t shirts. We've also got these wristbands that we're all wearing that say, do go on on one side and hashtag pray for Bob on the other. So if you like one of those, uh, you can come over as well. And uh, t shirts are there. And then if, uh, if you don't want any of that shit, fair enough. Um, but we'll be going upstairs, upstairs for a drink, yeah. uh, hang around if you want to. And let's watch the Saints fucking crush the Tigers. <laughs> Tigers, man. Oh. <laughs> it has gone bad. <laughs> All right, that well, is uh, not the way to find out. <laughs> that means uh, Matt will be drinking even harder. So this is great. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>
Hey guys, Dave here, just popping in at the end of the episode to let you know that I did, in fact, make it. I made it to the 27 Club. No, hang on, I didn't make it to the 27 Club. I'm not uh, talking to you from beyond the grave. I just made it to 27 years old. Jess and I flew back and the plane did not crash. We'd like to say a big thank you to everyone that came out and saw the show in Sydney. It was so awesome to have a packed room and to uh, hang out with everyone afterwards. And anyone who bought a t-shirt or a wristband, thank you so much. We will be uh, selling the rest of those t-shirts at our 100th episode in Melbourne. But if there's any left after that, and people are keen, please let us know if you'd like one, and maybe we'll set up some sort of online store. But that's demand permitting. I also forgot in our excitement of our massive, massive live episode that went for a long, long time, but thank you everyone for your patience. Uh... I forgot to thank the two people that suggested the 27 Club in the hat. So I'd like to say a big thank you to Elizabeth King, who suggested the 27 Club via email, and also to Pontus Hruska on Twitter, at Pontus Hruska. Thank you so much for your suggestions. If you want to suggest anything, of course, at any time, you can hit us up on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, at Pod. It's all in the description of this episode or do go on pod at gmail.com. And speaking of social media, thank you to everyone who wished Jess or I a happy birthday. That was so, so nice. So thank you very much for that. And the final people to thank are, of course, the people that support the show via Patreon. You really do keep the show rocking and rolling and make it possible for us to do cool stuff like travel interstate and meet people uh, at live shows. So thank you so much to anyone who supports the show at patreon.com slash do go on pod in exchange for your pledges. You get bonus episodes once a month or a bonus episode once a month I should say. But we are closing in on the uh, the next target is uh, if we hit that we'll get two bonus episodes every month so a f- fortnightly bonus. Uh, but you also get uh, shout outs on a show. So I'm going to quickly shout out to three people now at the end of the episode just to say thank you for all your support. I would like to thank, all the way from Houston, Texas, Eli Shopfizer. Eli Shopfizer, and I don't have Jess here to double check that I'm saying that correctly or incorrectly, so I do apologize, Eli, but thank you so much for your support. Everyone this week who's who I'm thanking, I've looked up a little fact about where you're from, all the way in Houston, Texas. Did you know, Eli, that Houstonians, didn't even know you were called that, Houstonians eat out more than residents of any other city? This is uh, on the Houston government website. It says, why well, he can indulge in more than 11,000 restaurants. So, that's too many restaurants. Eli, I challenge you to eat in every single one of those restaurants. God, how long will that take you? Doing maths here. Ten years. Nearly 40 years of dining out every single night. So, you can enjoy that, Eli. Uh, I'd also like to thank Benjamin Cheshire. Benjamin Cheshire, who is from Oklahoma City. Uh, did you know, Benjamin, that uh, owning a stink bomb in Oklahoma City is against the law. Owning one. If you own it, you are breaking the law. So don't do that. Thank you, Benjamin. I'd also like to thank, finally, from Ashburn, Virginia, so three Americans this week, Ashburn, Virginia, John Shearer. Thank you so much for your support, John. John, did you know that your state, Virginia, was named after England's virgin queen, Elizabeth I? And I assume that everyone there honours her by keeping their virginity sacred. John, good on you. Fighting the good fight there. The good fight, I don't know what I'm talking about. With the others here, I just ramble on and on and on. So thank you so much, guys, to everyone who came out again. We will be back next week with another in-studio episode. But uh, until then, I will say thank you for your support, and I will say uh, goodbye.
This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.